Welcome all to Unbothered with your host, Josh. Today, keeping it simple. Keeping it simple. Seahawks Cowboys tonight. Much of a prediction. Excuse me. Is there any chance the Seahawks can upset the Cowboys tonight at home? Or you really haven't trailed at home all season if it looked dominant? Then, other news. Aaron Rodgers returns to practice as his 21 window is open. Is there really any chance he plays 11 weeks after tearing his Achilles? Is there a shot? Should he even play? I discuss it, and yes, I react to Tuesday night's playoff rankings. Why? Because it's like I expected a lot is the same. A lot of lines from the AP poll, CFP, and even the BCS, what I agree with, what I don't agree with, what I hear other people say, my reaction to all that. So let's get started. Let's get rolling here. Let's roll with the Dallas Cowboys. Come on. Seahawks Cowboys, if you're looking for a winner of tonight's game, it's the Dallas Cowboys. I like the over, and I like Dallas in this game. So people haven't really liked the over in Thursday night games. Primetime games because of a short week. That streak was kind of broken when the Bengals and the Ravens played two weeks ago. They went the uh, over, and I believe the Seahawks-Niners Thursday night primetime game last week went over. I believe all the games uh, went over um, last week. I think this game's also going to go over because when you look at uh, Thursday night games, specifically you look at two teams on short rest, sloppy play, but these two teams, neither of them are on short rest. Why? Because they both played Thursday night last week. So it's like a regular week for them, regular game. Uh, no short rest that they're operating on. So I think both teams are going to be coming in fully healthy. Seattle saying that, hey, Gino, you know, week and a half ago against the Rams, got his elbow, arm, bruised up, you know, still injured against the um 49ers, which he didn't look great, but they said he's looked a lot better since then. So he should be healthier. Uh, Kenneth Walker, still doubtful, hasn't been a ruling on him. I think him being active is a huge part for the Cowboys to actually uh, pull off this upset. Um, But in the end, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't. I just think Dallas is a better team. They've been steamrolling people at home. You don't want to face the Cowboys regular rest at home because they have absolutely dominated everyone at home. I think every game's been by 20 or so points. That's how good they've been at home this season. And I expect that to keep up. Now, a lot of people are saying, oh, is this a trap game uh, for the Cowboys? Because uh, next few games after this is easy. This is kind of their last Around 500 team, yes, the Seahawks are 6-5, and five, but they're sort of reeling here. Um, in their current spot, they have lost um, two in a row uh, and still have a couple more tough games after this. Is this one of those trap games for the Cowboys? Why? Because after this, they play the Eagles Sunday night next week, big division game. Then they play at Buffalo and then at Miami and the Lions, so... Tough finish to the schedule there, a rough four-game stretch. 
Could they be peaking ahead? Even the commanders at the end, I think, in Washington will be much more competitive than last week's turkey game. So this is really uh, Dallas's last easy game, I think you can call it, the rest of the year. And I expect Dallas to win again. Again, some people say it's a trap game. I don't think it's a trap game because of how Dallas has been playing at home uh, with Dak Prescott this season. They have been sensational. Dak is a home favorite throughout his career has been really good. So this is just the side uh, to go on. If this was in Seattle with the upcoming schedule, I might question it a little bit more. But I think uh, Dallas is the side in this spot. And I think... As well, Mike McCarthy coaching really well. I had that period uh, ending with the Packers and really beginning with the Cowboys where asking, is this the guy? Is this the right coach? Did we hire the right guy? Doesn't make great uh, clock management decisions. Isn't great situationally. I think some of those still apply, but when you're beating everybody by 20, uh, yeah, those really don't apply for those games, for those set of games. And Dak is playing at an MVP-type level. I know people don't want to hear it, aren't here for it because they're not a fan of Dak, but Dak is playing like the league MVP and should be one of the favorites. That is how well he is playing, and he deserves to be mentioned in that conversation because I think he's top seven in every major passing category. And that's just the facts. He is six. In yards, he's close to 3,000 yards on the season. His completion percentage, 70%. That is second. Um, touchdowns, he is two at 23. Um, he's only thrown six interceptions this year. Um, his QBR is two at 75.3. His passer rating is two at 107.4. So he is a really phenomenal quarterback this year deserves to be in that MVP conversation and right now I think should be the MVP favorite with how he's playing. So when you factor in how well he is playing leading this offense with how this offense has really looked all year, uh, they're fifth in yards, they're one in points. I mean this offense, it's a top five offense. Him and CeeDee Lamb have been sensational together. And when you look at the team they're facing, again, like I said, they've lost two in a row. They're reeling a bit, and Seattle is bottom 10 in yards allowed. They allow, you know, quite a few pass and running yards. I believe this can be a balanced attack on the Seattle Seahawks because I think this Dallas Cowboys team can score on them at will. I do, and when I think of the Dallas Cowboy defense again, Top five defense to match their top five offense. They've been great scoring points in Seattle. It's just middle of a pack offensively. Uh, struggling, struggling to score points. Geno, a little turnover prone. And when you look at this defense, the Cowboys defense that is great at forcing turnovers. De'Ron Bland, who's already made history 11 games through the season with five Pick sixes, six interceptions on the year, five on the season. Uh, this, to me, seems like a recipe for disaster. Micah Parsons getting after the quarterback, getting in the backfield, getting Dak Prescott. This, to me, has Cowboys win written all over it. And Cowboys 
were my Super Bowl team because I thought they were briefly going to turn the corner. Uh, you know, they're close to turning the corner in past years, but they haven't been able to do so because of the 28 years without a, you know, championship game performance. So everybody says, you know, same year, same Cowboys all the time. And I said, you know, eventually they're going to turn the corner, hit the mark, have some plays go their way or make those plays that they didn't make in years past. And so far they are doing that in years past. They wouldn't blow teams out at home like that. There'd be a lot more closer games. And you saw that early in the season. They lose to the Cardinals. They get blown out by the Niners. Same old Cowboys team. Well, this Cowboys team has responded. This is a very good Cowboys team, and that's why I have been winning tonight. Because in years past, this would be a typical Cowboys game. That they lose, and we're like, oh, same old Cowboys. Could that happen tonight? Yeah, it could. But is it highly unlikely? Yeah, I think it is unlikely because I think the Cowboys are a different team. I think they are going to win this game tonight convincingly. It's not going to be close. Let Seattle uh, get close, meander, and keep it tight to where they're in a position at the end to win this game. I think Cowboys really dominate. They have a better roster, players, coach right now. And I like the Cowboys in this spot at home on Thursday night in primetime. Give me the boys. Next up. Aaron Rodgers. A lot of talk on this, too. Aaron Rodgers officially being activated yesterday um, to practice. Um, he was practicing only 11 weeks after surgery, uh, you know, to repair his torn Achilles. He was cleared for funk football activity, but no contact saying it's a progression in his rehab. So the period expires December 20th, four days before they face the commander. So he would have to play uh, that game, suit up for that game. You know, they said there's no added risk in doing this. It's just remarkable in what he's doing. He turns 40 on Saturday, and he's just better than ever. Uh, however, there is a couple factors, of course, that has to happen. He has to officially be cleared by the doctors. That is... A huge one, and then the other one that is a big deal is the playoff race. So I think the doctors are going to clear him eventually. I just do. Uh, the second thing is the playoff race. Now, I said if there is no chance that, you know, you have a playoff hope, playoff birth alive, you just don't come back. You don't risk it because there's more to play for next year than there is obviously this year. You get hurt again this year. Next year could potentially be a wash if you get hurt. So I think of the playoff factor is a huge part of this. He alluded to that in Pat McAfee. Uh, maybe if he gets activated and, hey, um, you know, playoffs are officially out. I could see a couple of things. Ha I could see, you know, not a couple of things. I could see something happening. And that something is right now, Robert Sala is on the hot seat. He is. He's on the hot seat, uh, facing a lot of criticism for Zach Wilson, Tim Boyle on the roster. And guess what? The quarterbacks, that's what happens. Aaron Rodgers is hurt. But if Aaron Rodgers can come in after he's cleared, let's say against the commanders, 
already eliminated from playoffs. Not play the whole game, but treat it as preseason like where you play a couple series uh, in the game because you're already eliminated. And kind of show the team like, oh, the chemistry with Garrett Wilson, the throws. It's like, you know, you have that feeling, oh, only if Aaron didn't get hurt this season could have been really special because guess what? The Chiefs aren't as Chiefs-like in years past. Joe Burrow got injured. Uh, Ravens dealing with their injuries as always. Josh Allen and the Bills, a little bit of a decline. Fraud Dolphins, it's like, hey, this could have been the year. Uh, instead, I think you give the fans something to look forward to next year. Dalla keeps his job because, hey, it's the defense is really good. I'm a defensive-minded guy. I fix the defense. Pressure's off Nathaniel Hackett at two because everybody wants him sacked. But it's like, hey, you know, when you have the right quarterback, some systems work and things click, and that is one of them. So if that's if that if he were to come back, that's how I would treat it. That's how I'd like him to see. I don't think 60 minutes behind that offensive line is smart because they do need a new left tackle. Um, and guards, I mean, there's pieces on this offensive line. They need to be addressed, and I don't want to send Aaron Rodgers out there in the front lines again uh, to get hurt and have the season um, be over. So don't think that's a smart move for them. Um, Some people thinking, hey, again, don't even come back at all. Uh, I see that line of reasoning. Some people thinking it's totally a farce and wanting to come back, you know, doubting his desire, his motivation. Is he a narcissist? It's like, come on. The man wants to play football. I think he's seen enough of the Jets firsthand. I've seen enough of the Jets on television uh, to tell you the truth. I mean, they look terrible. The Jets look bad. I uh, don't think they can really get much worse. Of course, they're not the worst team or anything like that, but offensively, they're challenged. They are a challenged offensive team, and I don't know if anything changes with that. Um, so Aaron Rodgers officially on the road to coming back, still in his recovery. Uh, we'll see officially uh, what happens, but um, I think I think Aaron Rodgers going back could, could spark the city, spark the town, really. Hype for round two next year. Hopefully no injury. So, first half done, second half, want to focus on college football because right now, college football is, again, taking up most of my time with how great uh, Michigan, of course, is. Again, can't talk enough about Michigan, but also the rankings on Tuesday night that just happened, uh, championship weekend starting tomorrow, and then the selection day on Sunday where we'll officially know everything. It's going to be um, fantastic. So on Tuesday night, the rankings came out um, for the CFP. Uh, released the teams. I wanted to do a podcast yesterday. I uh, didn't get to it, so needed to talk about it today and some of my reaction uh, to that. So like I thought and how I rate my teams – how I ranked them top six were the exact same uh, for mine from the AP poll. That's what I thought was and deserved as well. 
um, this week. You look at the teams again. Top six are the same. Georgia one, Michigan two, Washington three, Florida State four, Oregon five, Ohio State six. And then the seven and eight are still the same. Texas, Alabama. Uh, you know, Missouri is in nine in both. Penn State is 10 in both. Ole Miss 11. 12, Oklahoma 13, LSU. So the top 13 teams from both the AP and the CFP are the exact same. Uh, if you look at the BCS poll, there's some simulated BCS polls. They're pretty much the exact same, except I think Ohio State and Oregon are flipped to Ohio State 5, Oregon 6, maybe like a Penn State 9, Missouri flip. So it's small things um, like that, but for most parts, the top four is the same. Um, I think you've got to keep it the same. Again, uh, a lot of people still hating on Florida State should not get in because they want the four. People, some people want the four best teams. Some people want the two best matchups. Uh, I think it is a mixture of you want the best because everybody plays the same amount of games. Uh, everybody has their own share of opponents. And winning all your games is hard. Uh, that's why I said, hey, if Florida State goes undefeated, it's uh, it's tough to do. It is tough to go 13-0 in a Power 5 conference. And when people want to pick on Florida State, they have a couple wins. Uh, in the top 25, they do. They win this weekend. That'll be another one uh, that they add um, to their schedule. And when you look at the resume, the resume isn't terrible. They want to act like Florida State is bad. Their strength of record is three. It's behind Michigan and Washington. ESPN's FBI is nine. Is nine really that different from Texas at seven or Georgia at five? No, it's to me it's not. Um, you know their strength of schedule is fifty six. That's higher than Georgia's at fifty nine. Slightly below Washington's at forty six. Twenty spots below Michigan at thirty six. Um, and Alabama's at thirty one. Oregon's at sixty two. And everybody talks about Oregon, but it's like, hey, you want to look at the analytics, the resume. The strength of schedule, Florida State's remaining strength of schedule is eight. So they have a chance for it to go above the 66-56 spot. So I'm just saying, uh, don't hate on them. And when you look at their team that's built, defensively, I think they have a top 10 team. Mike Norbell on that side, Jared Verse, they have key players. And I'm not even a Florida State fan, but I'm arguing that they should get in because no 13-0 and team should be out of the playoffs. When you look at them offensively, they're around 20th in efficiency. Texas is 21, and people are arguing about Texas at 21. Guess who's 19? One ahead of them. Alabama. You're trying to tell me Alabama's a better team because Alabama's efficiency is one better than Florida State on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball. Florida State is 9, and Alabama. Florida State's 10, and Alabama's 9. Florida State's more efficient than Washington in totality. Washington, much better offense, but the defense is to Florida State. So it's like you, they want to pick and choose it. Oh, the backup quarterback. And I made this argument of, hey, uh, Ohio State 2014, third string, championship game, 159-0. We can't do this. What if now? What if Louisville wins? Or what if Florida State wins five points? How about let's have the game play out, and then we'll react from there. And I think they should win going 13-0. Greg McElroy, ESPN analysis, had a great point on this um, when he did his podcast and, you know, a Twitter user, I think, made his point because he clapped back at him because a Twitter user said, you know, we won, 
you know, because Greg McElroy, for those who don't know, won the national championship with Alabama in 2009. He was a quarterback. Stack team around him, a lot of people thought that, you know, you could have put anybody there at quarterback and still would have won. So that's what one Twitter user essentially said. They won the 2009 Natty in spite of Greg McElroy. So his response was, so if this that team won in spite of me, can't this team won in spite of their quarterback? I mean, they go 13-0. There's a chance in the playoffs anything could happen. Uh, nobody thought TCU was going to beat Michigan last year. And TCU beat Michigan. I mean, that's what we thought. Nobody thought Ohio State could beat Georgia. And Ohio State was a field goal away from upsetting Georgia. And we would have had an Ohio State-TCU matchup of four versus a three. I mean, things happen in college football. A lot of people want to point to. The average scoring differential is 19 points in these semifinal games. Yes, that's true. A lot of these games haven't been that competitive. Last year, I thought we got four deserving and good teams in the playoff, which made for two intriguing semifinal games, a 42-41 Georgia win by a point, and then a 51-45 TCU win by six points. Both won possession. Both came down to the last drive. Both great games. Is it that different to expect these can be different? If Michigan plays Washington, you don't think that's going to be a close game? And if, you know, Ohio State plays Texas, that's not going to be close. Texas, who whooped up on Alabama. Again, we'll see what Georgia does to Alabama. Or if Michigan plays Ohio State or Michigan plays Florida State, that won't be close. Or if Georgia won't play Oregon, it's like, hey, these games can be close. It's college football. Anything can happen. So, again, I don't agree with it because the thing is, if a reward for going undefeated is not a spot in the top four, what's the point? What's the point of playing the games if there are four undefeated teams remaining at the end of the year? Let's say all four undefeated win. There's four undefeated. One of them doesn't make it to the playoff. It's a travesty. It's not a good precedent. The great thing I'm looking forward to is next year, there won't even be discussions. I won't even have to talk about college football that much because there's going to be a 12-team playoff. There won't be that much controversy because I'm not going to care about the 12 and 13th teams because right now 1 through 11 will get in plus the group 5 champ, which right now would be Tulane. So guess what? I'm not worried about Oklahoma and LSU missing it due to Ole Miss. I don't really care about that. I do care about the top four and most teams getting in. But come next year, I'm not really going to care. Like, again, if it's that close of a margin, we'll examine it then. But right now it's, you know, what's the point? The point is an undefeated Power 5 school should be in. You know, if all these things are working together um, for it, I think, again, we'll see. I'm going to make my predictions tomorrow. But right now they have the four best teams in college football. Now, if you want to go strictly based off one thing, if you want to go strictly based off efficiencies, it would be Michigan 1, Oregon 2, Ohio State 3, Georgia 4. Again, we'll play the games this weekend, but right now it would be those four teams. So right now, Washington would not get in, Florida State would not get in, or Texas would not get in. I mean, come on. Or if you go strictly based off resume, Oregon wouldn't get in. You would have Michigan, Washington, Florida State, and Georgia, strictly based off resume. So whatever metric you want to use, it's going to get different. But what are the common denominators 
for your resume efficiency eye test, Michigan and Georgia are in both. They're the best teams. Uh, it's going to change the Florida State, the Georgias. I mean, the Florida State, the Ohio State, the Oregon, the Washington. That'll all be decided. But the two best teams in college football are Michigan and Georgia. What can you bet on right now? What will I advise you to do? Michigan, Georgia, national championship. Now, if you were listening to my podcast at the beginning of the year, that's what I said. I said Georgia, Michigan, national championship game. That was the future bet. Uh, cash and here we go. Try to make you money. I'm a servant to the people. I tried to give you picks. I, you know, best I can for certain games in Georgia, Michigan was the play. And I got to tell you, looked at my top four teams. I was close. So my top four initially, when I first started, were Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, and USC. Those were before. I kept USC consistent. And USC obviously did me dirty this year. I thought they were going to be a lot better. Caleb Williams, slight decline defense, ton of decline. Florida State, oh, I talked about Jordan Travis and Jared Verse and this team and the schedule. I was right. I talked about Michigan. I was right. Georgia, I was right. Uh, the Washington, Oregon, I thought were going to be good teams, especially Oregon. But I thought USC would be better. I thought Ohio State would be good. Could have snuck in. I thought Notre Dame was going to be good. Uh, and I thought, honestly, they had a shot to get in. Why? Should they have beat Ohio State? Yeah, they should have. Should they have beat Clemson? Yeah, they should have. So 11-1, and one, there's an argument there that – they could have got in. They didn't. We'll see. But uh, really like my picks to start the year where they ended up. Again, I have no problems with really anything uh, right now with the college football rankings. Nothing bothers me. There's more people bothered by this than I am. And it's surprising because a lot of people are against the Florida States and how the ranking should be. And But I'm like, I don't really care. This is how I think it should be. This is how the AP poll is and the CFP. It all aligns. Oh, it's perfect. Yeah, I don't need to make this more complicated than it really is. Just give me the matchups. Give me the times. I'll be there for Rose Bowl watching Michigan play. So another thing I want to point out before tomorrow's game is there has been some line movement. So Oregon was pretty much 9.5. They moved all the way up to 10-point favorites right now, which I never thought I'd see double digits for this Five versus three matchup, great matchup. But I like. I think Washington is going to cover. A majority of the money is on Washington to cover. I think ten's too high. I don't know how that got up uh, to ten, but I do think Oregon's going to win. But ten points in a Pac-12 championship between two evenly matched teams, I think that's too much. I think initially, I'm like, wow. Michigan State around twenty. They're twenty-two right now. Started off twenty-three, went down to twenty-one and a half, back up to twenty-two. Not really discussing the line that much. I don't really care. Uh, they're going to win. Texas, I think, starting around 14 or up to 15 and a half. Uh, indication of a Texas blowout? No. Oklahoma State's kept it close. Last six games, they've won 8 out of 10. Georgia-Alabama, uh, around 5 and a half right now. Started off at 6, I believe. So it's around there in same with Florida State. So uh, some good games, some line movement. Looking forward to making my official picks tomorrow, especially two matchups. Uh, one top 25 team undefeated Liberty still has the chance to be the top group of five school. They're 24-12-0. Great season for them. Can New Mexico State upset them? And then the premier game, 
Is this a winner gets in Washington for sure? Oregon, there could be some debate based on other results. Oregon, Washington, vibe versus three in Vegas, Pac-12 championship, electric atmosphere game. I am so much looking forward to. There we go. There is unbothered with Josh. Great show today. Looking forward to tomorrow's. Talk to you all tomorrow. Seahawks tonight. Play the Cowboys. Cowboys rolling. Weedem boys. Bye, everybody.